Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>talking about movies with capes episode 23 i'm casey ryan and i'm todd panic and, and we, we just, just watched, watched wanted that's <laughs> good we're going okay oh boy good that was, uh... you know we're a little rusty you know we're, we're shaking off the summer cobwebs oh boy getting back in the swing of things that was fun yeah you'll all find out about why that was fun at the end of the episode yeah that's right that's right uh hey hey episode three of season two all right we made it it's <laughs> really a thing it's really a thing. It's like this is a real podcast. It's it kind of yeah. Like people listen and stuff. We have literally tens, literally of tens. That's right. That's Hooray. right. Todd, I think this is like we're finally out of the the hellhole that was bad movies that we had to watch. Oh, you know, I, I agree. I was happy with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had. Fun. I mean, we we're going to talk about it. I, I had fun. This was a fun movie this to watch. A, you know what? This made me feel like Fight Club. On ecstasy, because <laughs> it was just like, let's go, let's do this. Uh, every time, this. every time, the super speed. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Was yeah. he gr- was he grinding his jaw? I didn't <laughs> notice that, but that's that's possible. Uh, you know, I like it even more because I listened to. So uh, we're recording this on Friday, September the seventh, which is the day that our season two premiere dropped. Tomorrow will be a year since the first episode of the Super Pod Hero Cast dropped. Come on, seriously, yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. It's also. International Beer Drinkers Day. How hey. about that? Thanks, Twitter, for telling me that useless fact. <laughs> you know, I was even happier with this movie as I was listening to our Punisher episode. Mm-hmm. Listening to the, our episode, I got angry again that I watched <laughs> that movie. So I'm like, yeah, this was a fun movie. Not a perfect movie. Yeah, I totally agree. This this movie was really fun. And Oh, come in. Do you hear come in. What, is that, is that, on our, is that in our system? Can you hear me? Come in. Oh. Casey, Todd, can you hear me? This is Colin. I'm coming to you from the land of people who have actually read Wanted the Comic to tell you, do not read Wanted the Comic. Enjoy the movie. I hear it's a 
pretty fun post-Matrix piece of action nonsense. But do not read Wanted the comic. It is, yes, actually more superhero-y, more comic book-y than the movie. They don't join a fraternity of assassins. He joins a fraternity of supervillains. But it is also horribly morally bankrupt. The lead character is incredibly racist. He's very excited about raping people now that he has broken out of his humdrum life. It's dumb. It's really offensive. The height of its originality and cleverness is to have a knockoff of the Batman villain Clayface, who's made entirely of feces and has the incredibly creative name of Shitman. So, please, spare yourself. Do not read Wanted the comic. It sucks. Enjoy the movie, though. I hear it's kind of fun. Someday I'll catch up with it, I'm sure. Anyway, this is Colin, signing off. I'll talk to you guys soon. Oh, thanks, Colin, for that uh, highly disturbing information about Thank this you, movie. Thank you, question mark? Question mark. Right. I'm glad we didn't know that going into watching this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're not going to let that color our opinion of this movie. You know, when we talked about Sean Connery in mm-hmm. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, <laughs> we talked about separating out the artist from their art. We've this, got a this lot. This is the art, so that one's a little bit harder. But, you know, the movie doesn't have any of that, to be fair. No, it really doesn't. I, Thank God. Wesley is a Pretty sympathetic character, mm-hmm. which makes sense. I don't think you could do that in a movie and I think that would have been a bridge too far in this movie. Yeah, if absolutely. He, you had to have a character, at least one character, that by the end you're like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah, there's just no way. They're like it, you could do maybe like an indie flick. Hmm. You know, like he did that. It was called Filth. I want to say what's the name of it. Oh, oh, you know that sounds vaguely familiar. Maybe as he was starting to get big, I think I maybe I remember reading about that. And he is uh, IMDb description is. A corrupt junkie cop with bipolar disorder attempts to manipulate his way through a promotion in order to win back his wife and daughter while also fighting his own inner demons. And he is absolutely irreprehensible in this movie. Uh, he being, of course, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Is it right? right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, taking the comic straight to the movie would have been a, a tough sell. I am with you. So, um, but this movie I like. So, since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes, what are we drinking? Thanks, Thanks Bob. Bob. Okay, so our beer today is brought to us by Flying Dog Brewery. So they're located in Maryland. Ooh. They are a craft brewer. Their tagline, I love it, good beer, no shit. Wow. So, and it actually says shit? Yes, absolutely. Nice. They're described as craft beer crusaders and defenders of the First Amendment for over 25 years. <laughs> so today we are drinking one of their ales, which I happen to love. It's actually something I drink a lot. Ooh. They have it at the Buffalo Wild Wings over in Township 5. It is their ale brewed with a blood blood orange puree. Uh, it's a little stiff. It's a 7% alcohol by volume. In the movie, the whole motif is that he is the son, that Wesley, James McAvoy, is the son of this famous assassin, and he has his father's abilities, almost like he got them through his bloodline. Oh. So we're drinking bloodline, the blood yes. orange ale. So with that... Careful. Not over the equipment. Not and so much. Neither one of us brought our coasters. Nope. Well, that is just perfect for the weather that is going yes, on today. Yes, that's oh, a nice one. that's nice. I mean, it's got some bite to it. You've it's got a little bite, but not too bad. Not too bad, yeah. I mean, again, I drink this one all the time. So, obviously, yesterday I was at 
branching out bottle shop, uh-huh. uh, and you know, walking up the aisle, looking at stuff. Had a couple things that I was like, yeah, we could maybe take that. But then I saw this one, I'm like, well, I love the beer and its bloodline, so that's just yeah. a, a no-brainer. So once again, if you're in Syracuse here, you got head over to Township Five in the town of Camillus. Check out Branching Out Bottle Shop. Their beer, beer selection. We may have gotten a little rusty over the summer. They didn't because their selection is still on point. <laughs> so uh, go check them out. Say hi to Carissa and Joel. And Barley, possibly the world's greatest beer dog. So, Beer dog. Yeah. Sorry, P.L. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Joel and Carissa, and branching out. So we have some... Reshoots and reactions. Thanks, Bob. We screwed up one thing with my brother. He could have said, thank you, gentlemen. I think (laughs) think that we were really showing our confidence in Colin. Mm -hmm. Uh, We described him as a beer sommelier Uh or a Cicerone. Cicerone. Colin's exact words were, I am definitely not a Cicerone, by the way. That takes years, years, all in caps. <laughs> but yes, higher ABV kept beer fresh on the way to St. Petersburg. So yeah, that's the reshoot I have. Which again, that's the same concept behind the IPA, right? Mm-hmm. Again, the higher alcohol content and hops c- concentration mm-hmm. uh, keeps it fresh. Yeah, uh, excellent. Do we want to also point out that uh, we got schooled by Patrick on Facebook today? Uh, yeah. For those think, who don't follow us on Facebook? I think that first of all, if how dare don't. they? That's right. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but yeah, that's a great point. Before every episode, one of us usually heads over to Branching Out. Usually you. The best selection uh, to find a beer to pair with some motif or theme of the movie. As we got ready to record Punisher, I went over. And I got to be honest with you, I thought we were going to have a lot to work with in there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have quite as many choices (laughs) as I thought I was going to. So I saw the old Rasputin ale. uh, Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, it's, you know, Dolph Lundgren, as we talked about. Uh, So that seemed like a good fit. But... Patrick, who is uh, literally our number one fan. Patrick, thank you. He schooled us on Facebook. Yeah, saying we should have kept that for Hellboy. To which I said, off mic, what stops us from drinking it again for Hellboy? I uh, really enjoyed that beer. That was a good beer. I'm okay with us drinking it <laughs> we, again and again. I don't think... There yeah, are we, three Hellboys in the helmet. Well, that's not, re- oh, there's only like, two right now, but there will January. be. Yeah, there will be, yeah. yeah. That's fair. I would point out, Hellboys, we got a lot to work with in there, but... That too, Worst yeah. case scenario, I got no problem with going back over uh, ground yeah. we've already covered. Sure, so. we don't have to have a new beer every time. Yeah, I mean we're only human for God's sakes. You know, we're you know we, <laughs> there's we only have... a finite number of beers in the world, and apparently an infinite amount of superhero movies. Uh, and sadly, far too many bad superhero movies. <sighs> You're not wrong, but this one wasn't bad. It was not. So good call, Colin. Thanks for the correction there. Yeah. And uh, Patrick, thanks for keeping us honest. That's yeah. fair. Usually we talk about the characters in this movie, but I feel like they're so um, specific, or not specific, they're so different than different from what they are in the, the comics. comics. Why bother? Yeah. But we can give a history lesson on Mark Millar. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we'll meld this you know right into, usually we go into our production notes. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect place to talk about it. So um, th- this is a 2008 film directed by. Now, oh, these names are gonna be tough. Timur Beckmab. Timur Beckmab. Timur Beckmambatov. Okay, I will teach you. It's a Beck, like Beck. a beer Beck. That mom, like that bet, like when you're making bets and you can see it. And then on and off, off, like on and off. Yep. He's Russian. I don't know if you picked up on that from my mangling of his name. <laughs> uh, he directed so stuff we know Abraham Lincoln. 
Vampire, Vampire Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Uh, Hardcore Henry, which was the first person perspective. I still have not watched it. I, it's I mean, on it's, Netflix. It is. I watched about 10 minutes of it, and I was is like, I can't watch this. Yeah. Oh, no. He's got a number of Russian films. Again, he's a Russian director. He's got some uh, horror films. He's, and he's also got some writer and producer credits. Okay. Written by Michael Brandt, Derek Haas, and Chris Morgan. Brandt and Haas seem to work together. A lot of TV show writing. Also wrote a couple of movies that we've heard of, so 310 to Yuma. Ooh, yeah. Too Fast, Too Furious. They both shared writing credits on Boy, those. we just went from a peak to a valley. Yeah, right? Woof. Um, Chris Morgan, uh-huh. uh, the other writer, has lots of writer credits. Okay. Um, a number of the Fast and the Furious movies. Also, uh, 47 Ronin, Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And The Mummy, the 2017 Tom Cruise vehicle. So, Oh, um, he may want to take that he off. He may want to take that one off. But I would say that the most important person involved in this work are the the comic book creators, right? So right. the writer Mark Millar and mm-hmm. the artist J.G. Jones. Mark Millar, if you've seen an MCU movie, you know, you've seen the bones of his work. So he very famously is behind the reimagining of the Marvel Universe with the Ultimates, mm-hmm. a number of those. Also in your neck of the woods, uh, Superman Red Sun. Oh, so good. Old Man Logan, which if you saw the movie Logan, you've seen the bones close, of it yeah. there. A couple and, uh, other movies. Kick-Ass, yeah? Yep, Kick-Ass. Yeah. Kingsman, The Secret Service, mm-hmm. which I think did not make the cut for a superhero movie, but I love those movies. We might do them for bonus Absolutely. things. But um, Civil War, so you know, Marvel, the, the Ultimates, Civil War, these are all Mark Millar properties. Mm-hmm. Like him or not, he's got, a, I think, an interesting perspective on heroes, and he has shaped modern comics. I just didn't. Fair? I liked Ultimates except for your favorite character, Captain America. It's kind of a douchebag. That's yeah, the yeah. one that I don't. Sadly, now, he's, the, he's the part of the Ultimates I don't. Don't like. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the other ones agree. are interesting takes, right? Like Thor's a mental patient. Well, yeah. It's just like in the first Thor. Like, Sh- sure, sure. But it comes to the point where he is literally coming down from the sky with Milnor. He lands and like Iron Man's like, oh yeah, this guy thinks he's Thor, but he's crazy. Don't talk to him. And I'm like, he just come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, again, Nick Fury assembling the Avengers. So. Plot, you, you oh, know, is he the reason? Yeah, he's the reason we have Sam Jackson. Yes, because yes. he decided he, to make him Sam Jackson, right? So <laughs> literally. So again, I, not that they took every story and plot point for the MCU movies, but very clearly they were inspired by his work. Yeah, the MCU is definitely in- inspired by a lot of Ultimate Universe. Yeah, a couple other production notes. Mm-hmm. So seventy-five million dollar budget shows oh. with special. I mean, it's very special effects intensive. A lot of sure. slow motion. A lot of uh, camera effects, you know, camera moving shots. Um, worldwide box office, $341 million. That's not too shabby. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done a, a sequel to this. There is a sequel in the works. In the works? Okay. Yeah. Well. And to jump to the end for a second. Spoiler alert. Guess sure. they asked Angelina Jolie to come back. Um, and she said no, obviously. But I was like... Have you ever heard the story about uh, Cabin in the Woods? Y- yes. That, the- that was exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. Where so the, tell where, it, yeah. So they screened Cabin in the Woods, and if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, go see it. But it, it ends- Best horror movie ever. Very badly. Uh, very <laughs> For literally everyone. everyone. <laughs> and at the talk back at the end, the reporter asked, is there a sequel in the works? And Drew Goddard's exact response was, did you watch the movie? <laughs> That's fair. That's, <laughs> That's fair. Very fair. So uh, I would think Angelina Angelina Jolie was probably right the on same point. Thing. Yeah, like, absolutely. 
Spoiler, she doesn't make it. So, But, I mean, that's that's impressive. 340 uh, worldwide, that's a blockbuster. That, is it? It is. It is. Because... I mean, I just, it's not a half a billion dollars, but... I need a, a movie to fall asleep because I work terrible hours. Right. Uh, I have been watching... <laughs> Both the G.I. Joe movies. I haven't even seen the second one. The first one's terrible. Yeah. Second one, it's got some parts to it. And that it's got The bad. Rock, right? Sure does. I probably need to watch it. See, we're big, we're a rock family here. And they do, a, you know, for a while, the Cobra Commander had the silver mask. Right. They make it like the the thing that he is imprisoned in is like almost like a back to tank. Yeah. And the of mask is. is the thing that is like keeping him alive. alive. So he puts that on him like... I like it. Okay. I'll go with it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That made like 300 some odd dollars in the box office, and they've already announced that the next one will be a reboot. But wait, they have to get Cobra. Because <laughs> cra- the yeah. last one ended with them not getting them again. Jonathan yeah. Price is in it too. Is, uh, maybe everyone I'll have to likes, watch it. Maybe everyone I'll have to watch Jonathan it. Price. Move it along, guys. Now, as we shared at the end of last episode, mm-hmm. last production note was the Rotten Tomatoes score, which will be important again at the end of this movie. Oh, yes. 71%. Oh. It's a C-. minus. But uh, we're way higher than the last couple movies. If you added the last couple movies, you're, we, we you're might, still not... Like, you're not even... No, I, yeah, so... Uh, all right, so I think with that, uh, I think maybe we're ready to... Uh, yeah, let's roll that film. Yeah. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. I feel like the beginning of this movie was some executive going, I don't understand what's happening in this movie. You need to have title cards at the beginning. Because everything that's in these title cards at the beginning is the same fucking shit that Morgan Freeman says later in the film. It doesn't need to be mentioned until it happens there. So literally, the opening of the movie is a theme that we're going to see throughout the movie, Mm -hmm. which is reminding us that this is an adaptation of a comic book. Yes. So those were clearly, now I, I don't have the original comics, but I could totally see those as those kind of opening panels, mm-hmm. right? Like here's the information you need to know for the story. A thousand years ago, a clan of weavers formed a secret society of assassins. They silently carried out executions to restore order to a world on the brink of chaos. They called themselves the Fraternity. <laughs> Six weeks ago, dot, dot, dot. Now, and I that's love the- weird because it's a thousand years ago. Okay, now we're going to go six weeks right, ago. Right, there's a little jump there. What the hell? But you know what I love, though? What they didn't do was we didn't get a, a voiceover. Uh-huh. And clearly, the, the filmmakers weren't averse to voiceovers because James McAvoy narrates it throughout the movie. And also, you got Morgan Freeman. Why are you going to put anyone else doing the voiceover? Uh, that's a fair point. But the fact that they choose not to go with a voiceover but instead give us text... Mm-hmm. I think kind of like reminds us this was coming from a comic book. And there's lots of places, which again, not having read the original comics, I would assume are like shot for shot recreations. Anyone out there that's read this, please let us know. Yeah, I've got a couple images that I want to share out on our website, tsphc.com. So take a look at those. But the other movie that this one reminded me of with such a importance on the visual framing of certain shots uh-huh. was Unbreakable. Yeah. Now, which is funny because Unbreakable, of Damn course, it. was not a comic, but there's moments in that movie where you look at that and you're like, there's a comic book panel right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil. I mean, bad movie, but they, <laughs> they took some iconic images, right? Like the Daredevil with his... Uh, with the billy club and the rope, you know, at the end. Mm -hmm. Now, ironically, it's not in Thor's helmet because of the fact that they're not superheroes, but it is a comic book. But famously, the Sin City movie 
is a shot, shot for, for shot, shot recreation. So this definitely sits at that end of the scale. So I, I yeah. won't keep coming back to it. But I think that's kind of grounding us right from the beginning. Hey, this is a comic book. And I would suggest then that the voiceover narration throughout would be perfect as those narrative dialogue blocks that are not thought bubbles from right. Wesley. It's clearly Wesley talking. If we're in a comic, it's giving us those in the dialogue blocks. So we are in office space. Suddenly. Yeah. Oh, we totally are. Milton's waiting for his piece of cake. Uh, I believe you. No, I don't believe there's enough cake to person ratio here. Now, interestingly, they open with singing the happy birthday song. Uh-huh. Now, I th- can't... This still was under copyright. It still was under copyright. So they paid a shit ton they, for they this. They did. Interestingly, that is now public domain, so we could so, sing "Happy Birthday to You." Yeah, we could totally do that. But yeah, that's interesting. I, I you know, they started singing. I'm like, is this going to be one of those like Chili's renditions of the Happy Birthday song? You mean this is your birthday song? It isn't very long. Okay, that's it. So, all right. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was my other note. Like, hey, they paid the money. So we meet. Janice. Holy shit on an altar. Was James McAvoy's character Wesley making a dig at her, calling her anorexic? <laughs> so I think the, the voiceover narration, I enjoyed the, the voiceover throughout the movie. Agreed. It, it's not constant throughout the movie, but it comes in at points, mm-hmm. I think, where it's important to define how he sees the world. Right. Uh, it's a pretty bleak, <laughs> he, he's got a pretty bleak existence at the beginning of this, right? And I think, yeah. I think there's a very much a... A little bit of dark humor there. It's it's depressing and bleak, and it, it, I yeah. found it funny. <laughs> it's very funny, but at the same time, you're also just like, oh, this poor bastard. Like he is, he's googling himself, and there are literally no he, search results for Wes, Wesley Gibson. He is inconsequential. Then we are flashed to <laughs> Fat Chris, Pratt. Fat Pratt's ass. Oh, and, oh boy! And they, this is pre Guardians, so they go right for it. Is this pre? Parks and Rec? Uh, no. Oh, eight. Uh, it's it's you know it's probably it's it's in the time, and you can tell because of how doughy he looks. <laughs> so doughy. It's in that era. His best friend is going to town on his girlfriend. Oh, I take it back. It's even before Parks and Rec. So this is a 2008 film. Uh-huh. Parks and Rec ran 2009 to 2015. So he probably got Parks and Rec based off of this. Yeah, and what? And he was on a TV show, One Tree Hill. Everwood. Everwood. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> with um, Sharon Carter from Captain America. What? Yeah, she's the girl in it. Yeah. No shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Fat Pratt is <laughs> having a wonderful little bit of afternoon delight. Afternoon delight. I don't know, Ron. That sounds kind of crazy. Sounds like you have mental problems, man. Yeah, you got mental problems, man. Yeah, it really does. Afternoon delight. Sadly, not his girlfriend. Nope, it is Wesley's girlfriend. And Wesley seems to know it. Yeah, so the second time we see this hump session going on, Chris Pratt's character drops his wallet. And I seem to remember Wesley picking it up. Am Me I... too. You left your wallet on the kitchen floor. And that's when he figures it out, because then he goes, we'll get to what he does to him in a second. Because One of the best visual framings uh, of the movie. You're not wrong. I think he knows it, and I think it makes it worse that so Chris Pratt is Barry, and he calls Barry. That's my best friend Barry fucking her on an Ikea kitchen table I picked up for a really good price. <laughs> that's what he calls him, yeah. Uh, whose name I didn't write down. Karen? Is it a Karen? I feel like she's a Karen. Care, yeah, I think it's. I, th- I think she's a Karen. She yeah, seems like it. She seems like a Karen. Uh, Apology so, to any Karen that are nice. So he's got a pretty bleak existence. He he mentions my dad walked out of my mom when I was seven days old. We cut to a that guy actor. 
the guy who owns Ireland. Excellent! Stephen is my name. I'm the most wanted man on my island. Except I'm not on my island, of course. More's the pity. You mean Ireland? Yeah, it's mine. Uh, his name is David O'Hara. Yeah. He's a he's a that guy actor. So as we do, this is becoming a recurrent theme in these in these movies. We'll link out to sure him, is. and you'll look at him and go, "Oh, that guy, one of Jack Nicholson's crew in The Departed." In the, the Departed. The Departed. Are you a cop? You a cop? Are you a cop? Uh, r- right. Uh, the Red Dragon in the um, John Favreau. Not Red Dragon, the movie. Oh. <laughs> uh, in the John Favreau movie, it was his follow-up to Swingers. Uh, it was the movie oh, Made, uh, ma- oh. him and Vince Vaughn, yeah, yeah. which is a great movie, very underrated. P. Diddy's in it. Have you watched it? I have. You didn't like it? Did you see my face? <laughs> oh, man, I loved it. Well, yeah. he's like the he's the Welshman that they call the Red Dragon. and Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's a that guy actor. Yeah, so he's uh, he's sitting in a car... He he enters an office. He's inquiring about a special bullet, and it's got mm-hmm. this almost like steampunk design. Yeah, almost like very, it's a, like an steampunk. artisan bullet. You're making one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking to a woman, an Indian uh, woman, which is important to what's about to happen to her. Oh, that I didn't even. First of all, how dare they? So <laughs> he's talking to this woman about a bullet, saying, "Relax." Your name had come up, you'd be dead already. Very cliche line in movies, but for some reason, every time it's said, I just go, that's badass. Yeah, he's kind of got that stone cold demeanor. He turns around and the woman is shot. She, so they're in like a high rise office building. She's shot, clearly a sniper from a building a sniper. way away. Right. The, it's a building across the street. Right. But it's a big chasm. Right. It's right. like a, it's, it's like, a, yeah. A, it's, it's like v- an av- across an avenue, an not avenue, like a yeah. side street, right? And he shoots her by making the laser point on her bindi. That's dark. Yeah, that's pretty dark. Then he runs. He retreats, but then he turns around and he does what I what my notes I have in my notes as super speed. Very matrix in this point. He's beginning to believe. So this is gonna be the first time we see this a very heavy special effects uh, focus in this movie. But uh-huh. so we see the slow motion running. He's clearly going so much faster than everyone around him that to him they look like they're moving in slow motion like that's the effect yeah i call it the flash oh, sure effects. yeah yeah exactly yeah so he coming up the hallway mm-hmm. into the hall, into the office where the woman was just killed and then he bursts through the window and launches matrix style mm-hmm. across a 40 foot gap i yeah, mean it's a significant it's, gap and he doesn't make it 100% so i liked that yeah yeah he goes in the building but Shouldn't he have pulled his gun out before he jumped through? Uh, listen, like, had that ready. To I, you know, do. when you're moving at flash speed, you can do it before, after, <laughs> does it matter, right? So yeah, he takes out two of the snipers while jumping across with just a regular gun. All of a sudden, pulls out this like... Flintlock, yeah. Pretty bad, at, again, Old-timey. very steampunk feel to it yes. at the same time. Yep. And he pulls it out, but he like whips his hand real fast, and when he shoots it... The bullet curves around the chimney stack and hits the one assassin that is hiding straight through the head. I was like, Suddenly. so in case you were wondering, <laughs> bullets don't ever do that. And I, if- I believe we can point out that uh, Mythbusters 100% prove this to not be true. I've no got- matter what. Here's the reality. This robot's capable of swinging its arm harder and faster than... A major league hitter. Maybe if I saw three quarters of an inch, half an inch, maybe even a quarter of an inch, it would be worth continuing on. But you know what? We're not seeing any deviation at all. It's time to move on. So the myth is busted. But Mythbusters has busted this. And apparently, I feel like, if I remember right, 
I think it was one of the ones they had to go back to because fans didn't like that they didn't exactly get something right. And somebody was like, well, if you did it this way, it would have curved. I bet so they you, had you to know, revisit it's, it. It's got to be on YouTube. Just the clip of, because I remember they tried to do it themselves. Sure. And they built a robot. They built a robot. Because yeah. they always, cause that's Grant. literally what Grant always that's did. That's right. He's like, oh, I get to build a robot? <laughs> well, when you have Grant uh, Imahara, Imahara yeah. on your team, you build robots. Yeah. So they did what they always do. They measure how fast you can move your arm in that mm-hmm. kind of swinging motion. Mm-hmm. They you know, ran it way over the speed a, move, a human can move their arm at. Uh, it is clearly busted. Clearly busted. Now, but, that said, looks cool as hell in the movie, right? <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, you know, the other interesting thing you see in this, and you see it so clearly because of the design of the bullets, you know, as we talk about, we seem to talk about firearms a lot in we these sure movies. We do. Uh, but remember I talked about how the rifling inside of a barrel of a rifle yeah. imparts a spin on the bullet. Mm-hmm. The bullet is spinning, which is what helps with the accuracy of the shot. It's got like almost like a reverse corkscrew or like a propeller blade. Yeah, the yeah. The, so the bullet, yeah. And this, this bullet has a spiral design on it, mm-hmm. which it doesn't, well, I, oh, you know what? Okay. Uh, a flintlock was not a rifled more well, more like oh, now I'm ta- now I might be talking on my ass. I and wonder also if the we're bullet- in a universe where yeah. you can carry yeah. a bullet. Well, you so. know, move it along, guys. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, uh, who cares? Real world doesn't work. Looks phenomenal. Yeah. So he kills everybody on the roof. Gets a phone call. No one leaves the fraternity cross. I have a new perspective on the fraternity. Careful. You don't destroy something that's been around for a thousand years. It's already destroyed. He broke the code. I have to stop this. Really? You know this. So why don't you face me yourself? Never sent sheep to kill a wolf. They were just the decoys. And he looks down. And he's got an X. And he goes, oh. And a bullet fucking comes right through the front of his head. Goodbye, Mr. X. But then stops after coming through. Reverses, and we see that this guy made from, this shot from LA makes this shot, yeah. to Chicago. Right? This is all Detroit. Oh, is it Detroit? Uh, no, I'm sorry, it's Chicago. You're absolutely right. The L made me think Chicago. Well, and also that whole driving scene underneath is they were shooting the exact same time as The Dark Knight. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, nice. In nice, fact, nice. Uh, Mark Millar tried to sneak over <laughs> and was kicked out. Was oh, like, oh. You can't be here. <laughs> Because oh, you want to see the bat pod. Sure. Oh, that's fucking like, awesome. I hear there's a bat cycle in this movie? That's Get out of fucking here. awesome. He's like, I wrote Red Sun. <laughs> I've written not, these not characters. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's killed. So let's just stop for a second. That's a badass moment when he looks down, realizes he's standing on an X. Mm-hmm. And then, again, back to this idea of the visual motif. That's got to be a panel from the comic as the bullet is... Coming, oh, it's got to be. Because his eyes are like, it's this look of surprise. Mm-hmm. It's just a brilliant, it, it's a beautiful visual. 100%. Which so, is odd to say about a bullet leaving a guy's skull, but it, it's just a cool look, right? Yeah. I put this under stylized violence, which I have less of a problem with. Sure. Real violence makes me queasy sometimes. Yeah. But stylized violence, I'm fine with. The, this is clearly comic book violence, right? <laughs> right. I mean, our, by definition. So then we cut to Karen <gasps> again, and she is just... Being the worst to James McAvoy. Wesley! What is it? What do you mean, what is it? Listen! Oh, how am I supposed to sleep full of fucking bracket? When are we gonna move so we don't have to wake up to that shit? I kinda like it. Have you even thought about our talk? Yeah. What you want? Perfect. 
It's perfect. Do you see that he's got a pill bottle next to his bed? A couple, yeah, a couple of pill bottles, right? Just one. Oh, just just one. Yeah, but he also has like an energy drink, but it's like a Sobe, I believe. Oh, I didn't. Kids, remember Sobe? Yeah. Um, and she tells him feed Annabelle. And he pours the energy drink down the ground so the cat can drink. And I was like. Oh, that cat's dead, right? That cat's dead, that right? That cat is. And he goes to work. So if the opening intro wasn't enough, like, he's such a miserable guy. Like, it's the class, like, every movie trope of the downtrodden guy. Like, he's crossing the street. He almost gets hit by a car. Like, every way to, that they can tell us this guy's fucking miserable, they're using. So, yeah, he gets to work, and Brenda tells him he needs to get his TPS reports in. He sure does. And she's got this really got aggressive... A, oh, what color is the stapler? Is it a red swing oh, I, line? I, I believe you have my stapler. Uh, no, I was told... I don't I, think it's... A, it's not a full-size stapler. No, but, he, it's, but it's red, it's, and she clicks it at him. She clicks it really aggressively. And he looks over. He sees that Chris Pratt is not at his desk. Right. We have another uh, softer softcore soft porn scenes. Right. Wallet is dropped. We had already talked about that. Then they're at a drugstore. It, so now this gets into this whole, now there's a whole perspective that neither of us subscribe to, the whole alpha male and betas and cucks, right? Like that. But clearly this is designed to show how meek this guy is. But Barry's his best friend. He knows Barry is fucking his girlfriend. And then they're and at a drugstore. he drug pays store. for his energy drink. He pays for his energy drink while and, Barry is, is asking about, hey, do you think they sell the morning after pill here? Yeah, you yeah. just crush it up, put it in her omelet. It's in... Mild-mannered Wesley just takes it. Is Barry the most beta alpha, though? Because he's not like a jerk. Well, that's, he, he's a weird... It's a weird space, yes. He genuinely cares about Wesley. Later on, when Wesley knocks the shit out of him, he <laughs> says he's the man. But even before that, like, in this scene, when Brenda comes up to them in a second and is like, why are the reports done? And you see... I'm going to say this is the most... Next to Mad Men, which I know you haven't watched... This is the most realistic, it doesn't end up being it, but most realistic looking anxiety attack I've ever seen on film. Right, so that's something the else that we'll get is, to. Right? Yeah. But when she comes up and he says, I'm sorry, and you can just see like the sweat and everything. It's a really good way of representing what is a what an what's happening attack. in somebody's head, yeah. right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that's really good. It's um, really good. So he takes, you know, not like the one pill, right? He does. Oh, maybe it's one pill. It's but just one pill. He, but he, you know, he aggressively <laughs> downs that pill. Nice. The only thing I would note there is that so that anxiety rep attack, really well done on the film, but it becomes something but, else. Later yeah, in the film. but but for his reaction, it very much resembles what Mister X did. The guy who gets lured into the standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the you X. see the pulsating. Yeah. Now, Mister X is clearly using that to to summon up super speed, mm-hmm. whereas Wesley is trying to control. He's taking medication. It's clearly a, a detriment, and obviously that's going to change. But I thought that was a, it's a <laughs> yes, great it little is. way of foreshadowing, right? The yeah. Come. Wesley goes to an ATM. Not only can he not get any money out of it, the ATM calls him an asshole. Says that his best friend is fucking his girlfriend, and he's too much of a pussy to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's yeah, just wrong it's so wrong so like his life isn't bad enough the fucking atm is insulting him so uh now he goes back to the drugstore uh, he's mm-hmm. got to get more of his anxiety medication and who shows up angelina jolie oh. looking really nice in this she movie. does yeah she this looks is real at, nice. this, I, I would say this is at the height of her powers sexiness yeah of her like <laughs> sex siren mm-hmm. you know vamp motif yeah now she gives a little info dump here right sure does and like in the coldest way possible. I knew your father. My father left the week I was born, so 
Your father died yesterday on the rooftop of the Metropolitan Building. Sorry. <laughs> Look, the liquor round's just over there. So if Your you father go... was one of the greatest assassins who ever lived. The man who killed him is behind you. Yeah, she's, she's not warm. Mm -mm. There's one moment where we see some vulnerability to her later on. And I've got her a question backstory. about that, but I'll sure. wait till we get... Yeah, oh yeah, the backstory is great. So, tells him, I knew your father, he died on a rooftop yesterday, oh, and this guy's here to kill you. And then all of a sudden, the guy that we saw taking out Mr. X... Baron Von Strucker. Yes, there it is. So it's Baron Son Von Strucker versus Lara Croft, and she's protecting Professor, Professor X. Xavier. Yeah, before he got paralyzed in a wheelchair. No! When I saw the credit, so you know, I did not, I did not write down his real name, mainly because it was another Russian name that I didn't want to try pronouncing. But uh, when I saw the Strucker credit, I was like, "That's not," and I was like, "Oh, he shaved his head for Strucker. Of course, it is. People can shave their heads." But totally changes his entire look. Right? Yes, I mean, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, um, it's crazy. I'm gonna take a shot at it. Oh yeah, go for it, Casey. Sometimes you have trouble reading the written word, so this should be oh, this really entertaining. Jesus. It's Thomas Kretschmann. Oh, why was I thinking? Oh, shit. Thomas I, I must. Kretschmann. It must have been a different guy that was like, yeah, I'm not writing that down. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was also in uh, King Kong. Really? Mm -hmm. You're thinking of the exterminator. That. Konstantin Krabinski. So, gunfight breaks out. Where was she hiding that giant monitor? Or do we not you, want to go down that you road? You don't, don't go down that road. So It looked a little sticky. Are we going to call them? <laughs> so, you did go down the road. Uh, I just... I glanced. You, down you it. just glanced. Just like a, a couple steps down the path. I was like, That's oh, it. nope, nope. So, are we going to call this one the first fight? I would say Mr. X was the first fight, but this but, he, is, but but Wesley's not in it. Either way, they're both awesome. They're both awesome. And again, I think it's indicative. So we talked about as I was listening back to the Punisher. In a <laughs> not only is it a horrible Punisher movie, it's a horrible action movie. Mm -hmm. This is a phenomenal action movie. Yeah. So it, the special effects are amazing. The stunts are amazing. And you got the two cinematography, guys who wrote. You can, but you can see what's happening. Mm -hmm. Again, if this was uh, a mic. There's one scene where I was like, oh, I got lost for a second. But I'm wondering if it was on purpose. It's when he's training with the knife guy. With the oh, butcher. sure, sure, sure. I think that was just confusion. In a training montage, though. Sure. Where, but this fight in the pharmacy mm -hmm. is phenomenal. And then it leads to a really badass car chase where they just miss... The Joker and Batman. <laughs> they're bad. They're on the other side. You know, I'm not going to lie. The fact that knowing that it was filmed in the same space, not the film, not the characters, the properties, yeah. this is a more badass car chase. Yes, it is. Because in the other one, it's just simply a sure, transport no vehicle and an 18-wheeler. Sure. sure, that's fair. That's fair. But it's a fucking phenomenal car chase. It is. Uh, Angelina Jolie ends up... Uh, Brawled across the hood of the car while still driving, while still it driving with, her. with her feet. Yes. Oh my God. Uh, there's multiple shots of Wesley clearly looking up her skirt. Was she wearing a skirt? She was wearing a skirt, oh, wasn't no. she? Oh no, Wesley. I feel like yeah. now I do want you to go back to the to the file because right, I hang on. just to make sure because they showed it so many times. I was like, clearly the implication is this is the biggest thrill he's had in his whole life. She's clearly of, wearing a skirt. Be, for a variety oh. of reasons, this is the biggest thrill he's ever had in his entire life. Wesley, you dirty little monkey. Right? But just a, a phenomenal car chase all, and all the way around. this car chase is after she flips the Dodge Viper right. over the police cars, slams it into a bus. It comes down, and they drive over the, the side of the bus. What song plays? Escape. <laughs> Which, do you think James Gunn saw this movie? Yeah, I, like I like that song. That's funny. Is that the name of the song? Escape? Escape. 
that's why it's do they played. ever say, do they ever say escape in the song? On into yoga, yeah. Come with me and escape. Oh. Okay. <laughs> the song is a terrible song. It's about a guy who takes a personal ad out because I'm he's tired of his wife, wife and, and me, she answers right. it and they're and at that but point then they're they like lo- Maybe we should break up. <laughs> but then they live happily ever after. That's The end of yeah. that song is very oh, 100%. uplifting. 100%. Right. But at the same time, gross. <laughs> They're like, well, we both want a little bit of uh, you know, side something something. That's clearly oh, what that was. All right. So, um, All right. <laughs> so this, so is, yeah, not a, in, this in, is not a swingers podcast? No. Okay. In Guardians, that's why it plays when they're escaping the kiln, because it's mm. named Escape. Escape, got it. Okay, oh, that makes oh, sense. Oh, we're going to spend lots of time on the soundtrack of Guardians. That, I feel there. like that's a whole... Yeah, like right. we may need to do like the movie review of Guardians and, and then, then do, do the music. The music you could totally, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Make that a bonus pod. Oh, that's a good one. Bonus pod. Hmm, maybe someplace uh, that might become relevant to some people at Ooh. some point. Yeah. Uh, so phenomenal chase. Now Wesley wakes up. We hear the the movie trope fly sound uh-huh. circling his head. He's in some kind of an industrial space. There's a variety of scary characters that are surrounding him. And Commons there, too. Oh, he's not hardcore? No. He he's does. not DMX, right? He's no. not He's not fitty. X so, isn't going to give it to you. And X not going to give it to you. Uh, Angelina, Angelina Jolie shows up. Can, uh, now, it is canon on this podcast that I know shit about guns. I think that's well established. <laughs> yeah. Is it just me, or is the scope that is on Commons' gun ridiculously big. It's like the size of the fucking barrel. So, <laughs> what do you uh, need to- So I don't recall that scene specifically. Is he? Is One it moment. a handgun or a rifle? Oh, no, it's a handgun. I'm not over-exaggerating when I say it's about so the same So I have seen scoped handguns. They're always like gimmicky stuff. That in a, from a practical perspective, if, if, if you need that degree of accuracy, you're not using a handgun, you're using a rifle because you need a longer barrel. Yeah. Even open iron sights on an M16, you know, are going to be more accurate than that scoped handgun because I've got a longer barrel length to work with. Hang we're pull- on. Yep, we're pulling, pulling this up. up. There. Oh yeah. So that's a ni- it looks like a 1911 with a rifle scope on it, which is pointless. <laughs> I just took a picture. Okay. You know, you know what that okay, is? So I'm that's not somebody wrong. that's somebody who knows nothing about guns and wants it to look really badass. But it looks fucking stupid. Well, so right. Uh, yeah. From a guy who doesn't know guns, I'm yeah. just like, wait, hang on. You don't need move to- it along, guys. So yeah, he is told that to take this gun and shoot the wings off the flies in the trash, or Common's gonna blow his head off. Right. And at the very last second. He fires all the bullets and he empties the magazine and ends up hitting the flies, which they're like still impressed. But I'm like, but if you're firing the entire thing, couldn't one of them be like, do we really want to trust? Like, could, couldn't we have had, if we're going with the Matrix, couldn't we have had our Cypher who is <laughs> doubting the whole time? Well, so we'll talk about it now, although the movie doesn't get into it later. So they see themselves as like the weapons of fate. Oh right, right. Yeah, with so you don't bit. you don't doubt. So fate nah. is telling you, yeah, that's fair. Okay, put him through the test because he's the one. He is he's the, he is the one, right? Like, so yeah, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he triggers an anxiety attack, right? So again, uh-huh. now we've clearly established that he has a connection to Mister X. It's the exact same look, special effect that you hear the blood pumping in the the and visual, you get the, the pulsing, yeah, yeah, the pulsing. So uh, he does. So clearly he belongs there. He has some ability. Now, this is probably as good a place as any to, to mention this. So the other big theme I noticed throughout this movie is a, uh, a theme that I'm sure 
lots of people have heard of, so I'm far from the first person to point this out, this concept of the hero's journey. Yeah. Right? So Joseph, is- Joseph Campbell's uh, foundational, fundamental work, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, the printing of it that I own has literally has Luke Skywalker on the cover. Oh, yeah. Uh, George Lucas was very famously uh, a student admirer of, of uh, Joseph Campbell. Um, really? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but so, yeah, so Star Wars, The Matrix, just about any... Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, right? So it's this idea of the hero's journey, right? So the, the hero lives in the mundane world. Mm-hmm. He gets the call to adventure, right? Yeah. The call from this other world. He's brought into this other world, usually by a mentor uh-huh. uh, who often does not survive. Um, but in the other world, he's exposed to a higher plane of existence. He is fundamentally transformed. It's mm-hmm. apotheosis, right? The, the coming to the godhood. He re- then, re- the flight to earth or he returns back to his normal world but he is forever fundamentally changed so this comic is the hero's journey this movie we don't know about i'm sorry this movie right, right, right now i'm not throwing stones at it i love the story i think it's we see it so many times because it speaks to us on this like fundamental level right i'm a big fan i'm a big proponent of the belief that comic books are our modern myths Right, our modern mythology. There's a reason why we see so many origin stories, right? Because mm-hmm. the origin story is the transformation of the hero in this mundane world, mm-hmm. and then moving beyond our world into this higher level of of existence, right? Sure. So that transformation from normal man to superhero mm-hmm. is that that change of of plane. So that's why we see it so often in superhero. That's why they keep doing it is because it resonates with us. So 100%. Um, I'll link out to a little. Snippet around the hero's journey. If you're not familiar with it, it's really fascinating, especially when you start applying that to other stories. You're like, oh, that's this. And that's weirdly, this. I think everyone listening, we're all familiar with it. We just might not know that it's called the hero's journey because adding to the list, Harry Potter is also like that. It's all this sacrifice and finding a oneself. transformation, yeah, right? And, and it happens in all of them. That's a key. That's a key element, right? It's so be the hero journey. returns, but mm-hmm. is forever changed. So that's... I really liked. Morgan Freeman's line about My name is Sloan, this is Fox And the others you see around you are all very good at killing So if I were you, I'd keep the gun pointed at me You don't want to point it at any of them That's better I really like that, I thought that was really yeah. fun uh, like, Morgan Who else Freeman, can say that line that way? Yeah. So tipping my hand, Morgan Freeman having a lot of fun in the Super movie. duper And weirdly he was shooting The Dark Knight at the same time Was he really? Boy, talk about the extremes of somber and fun Like mm-hmm. But oh, that's how did, so funny. I, so that raises the question because we love to talk about facial hair on this podcast. Also, is the bottom part of his goatee fake? Oh, because Lucius does, just has a mustache. I really I once I read that note, I was like eagle eyed on it. Like, is that fake? Is it fake? Do you think? No. Uh, either that or they were shooting stuff and then and then he was done and he, he was shaved. Done and he shaved and they had to be like, well, listen, well, you got to make sure you're really done. We know it wasn't a CGI because oh, you uh, son of a, a bitch. bitch. That's right. That's for every cap dies that you give me, you motherfucker. All right. You mean Captain America, whose fake beard is very obvious in Infinity War? What? In all the reshoots. It's much like when we watch Age of Ultron. You can tell when they're reshoots because Chris Hemsworth is just a little thinner. <laughs> He's not as beefcakey. You know, I am I gotta be honest with you, I am so immersed. Sure, because you're a movies. zombie. You I, don't yeah. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Easy guys. He freaks out. Yep. <laughs> As so he's this leaving, is the I rejection lo- of the call. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I love when he's walking away. Stay away from me. Stay away from me. You stay away from me. 
you stay away from me, please? Will you let me through? While pointing a gun at Angelina Jolie. And the smirk that Angelina gets like, all right, Tiger, I got you. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, she's Mary Jane Watson? Uh, it's <laughs> it's got to be, I think it's one of the best moments for uh, Angelina Jolie in this movie. Because yeah. she's like, all right, you got some spunk to you. I like it. So obviously she's a sex symbol. Although, curiously, hmm. I find her in a similar space as Uma Thurman. There's times where she can look incredibly hot and incredibly mm. odd, mm-hmm. sometimes at the same time. Now, uh, another person who once dated Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, yes. is like a fine, fine wine. Oh. She just gets better with age. Yes, right. Every time I see her, I'm like, come on, stop. What, what are we doing? So he leaves, he wakes up, and he... <laughs> the, the, the line... You know when you have a dream and you're half awake, but it's still in the fringe of your brain, and then you open your eyes, and you're so damn glad it was a dream? The gun falls out of his pocket. This was nothing like that. And he hides it in the toilet, right. which will become important later. Yep. He goes to work. Go, uh, he goes to an ATM first. Oh, right. Go ahead. Because so, one of the things... So Sloan is the leader of this group. Uh, so he tells him that, of course, as Fox told him, uh, he is the sole survivor of his father. Everything his father had is now Wesley's, including his accumulated wealth from all of his work. So Wesley stops at an ATM, and sure enough, he's got $3.5 million in change in his account. Very different message than the uh, fuck you he got from the ATM just a day earlier. Wesley goes back to work, so Barry notices a change in Wesley. But again, it's not like the bully. To your point, Barry's a weird character in this because he's not like a bully. He genuinely seems like Wesley's friend, other than the fact that he's fucking his girlfriend. Yeah, he generally cares about Wesley. Yeah, it's it's a weird place. So weird. He has been looking at his bank account on the computer. (laughs) I like the... When it's the close-up of the number on his computer, I love the mouse goes by like he highlights it like, yep, those are the numbers that are in my (laughs) bank account right now. Holy shit. There's a slight glimpse of Star-Lord. What's up with you? What do you mean? Uh, you're you're here early. (laughs) Is, uh, is there, you seem a little pepped up. You all right? Yeah. I guess I feel kind of different. Whatever. Uh, I'm going to go get some uh, post-it notes. Do you want one? No. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's that kind of like, I'm uncomfortable with the situation, but I'm going to try and look tough. Oh, it's Star-Lord. There, there he is. Star-Lord. There he is. Oh. That's the guy we love. So then he's now looking at the pictures of his dead father. Right. While Janice is... And Janice like, walks around the corner. Haranguing him. Like well, just. first, she just walks up and says... Possibly the best use, uh, well, a blasphemy ever in film. Yeah. Jesus H. Fucking popsicle. It's so great. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and then we have. So, Todd, you and I did a little show. I was wondering. <laughs> this is where it is. You know, once again, this is why we have this podcast because I was like, well, this is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It clearly. is. Todd got to say the oh. line. You stupid fucking cunt. Only topped by this. Shut the fuck up! Yes. Oh, my God. So she is going at him and going at him and not stopping, and you can see it building. And he he does a beautiful... Again, McAvoy, phenomenal actor. He gets us there. Like, it's Well, he gets you there to think that he's going to have a nervous breakdown again. Right, right, right. But instead, he snaps, 
tells off Janice. It's the old record scratch in the office. Mm. Literally, the office stops. <laughs> Every cubicle. And then there's and a, Barry. <laughs> they have a shot of Barry like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> tells him off. I understand. Junior high must have been kind of tough, but it doesn't give you the right to treat your workers like horseshit, Janice. I know we laugh at you, Janice. We all know you keep a stash of jelly donuts in the top drawer of your desk. But I want you to know if you weren't such a bitch, would feel sorry for you. I do feel sorry for you. But as it stands, the way you behave, I feel I can speak for the entire office. What I tell you? Go fuck yourself. And Wesley's done. He gets up and he kind of takes marches his, out. Takes his ergonomic <laughs> keyboard. And Barry comes up for like a, is it a high five? Mm-hmm. Like, hey man, that was great. He takes the keyboard, smashes it in the face, and the keys that we see spell out fuck you. Except but since there's only one U on a keyboard, where would the second U come from? His tooth. Yeah, it's Barry's fucking, tooth. Oh, it's so great. It, it's like the Rocky Punch in mm-hmm. freeze frame. Like as, oh, it's as, so good. Yeah, it's, uh, but again, that's got to be a visual. Got to be. money, it's got to be a visual. Yeah. So as he's walking out, did you see the musical that was playing right down the road? No. Wicked. <laughs> the bus that they hit earlier when during the chase, yeah. the side of the bus said, Wicked. Two things either happened. Wicked had just come to Chicago. And they couldn't hide Or the director choice. really fucking liked Wicked. It's like, that's funny. Two? In one movie? That's funny. All right, calm down. He walks out of the office, starts to lose a little bit of his confidence. He sees the bank of newspaper machines right in front of the office. Mm -hmm. His picture is on the front page, connected with this big shootout and chase. Yeah, and he you can see him like start to pace nervously, and he kind of turns around, and Fox pulls up, and he's like, "Yep, of course," Mm -hmm. and he gets in the SUV with her, and they take off. Oh, and that cute little moment—he sees the knife in the the ignition, not her car. Couldn't find your keys, huh? That could be handy. You can teach me that. I might need that. Uh, so she drives them to Textile Factory number 17. <laughs> yeah. So in Textile Factory 17, there are all these looms. Yep. And you see Morgan it's Freeman. It's a functioning. Yeah. yeah. Morgan Freeman is telling him. Check the shutter rotation on this STV. Should be 300 per minute. And McAvoy's. Is it a front? Front for what? I don't know. Assassination. And they walk up to the break room, and finally he's like, All right, clearly I, I don't understand, but do you make sweaters or do you kill people? Another record scratch moment. Everyone, like, you almost feel like everyone's like, Are we supposed to kill this guy now? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And Morgan's. It's an awful lot of questions over coffee. Are you sure you're ready for the answers? Yes, I'm, I'm sure. It's a great, like, the repartee back and forth, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, the verbal fencing there, just great. So Wesley says he can't go back to his old life. Okay, that's it. So he he's in. So Sloan puts Fox in charge of him, mm-hmm. and she and the blonde guy that's known as the repairman take charge of Wesley. One might say an ironic name, yeah, for be- this character because he's not he the guy in the recovery room to beat the shit out of Wesley. Yeah, so ties him up. I think we can fast forward this. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna get introduced to a number of members of the fraternity. So it's basically like an initiation. I wouldn't even call this a training montage. No, it's, this is just is he gonna break of, on the first? Step? Yeah, it's more like the, that initiation montage. I put it under the terrible term of hazing. Yeah, that, I think that's fair. So he meets the repairman who mm-hmm. you know gets tied to a chair, <laughs> not. beats the crap out of him while foxes interrogate him. You know he he's not made the the mental leap. They go to a meat locker. He meets the butcher. <laughs> who 
I guess is feeding the fraternity feeding question pl- mark pl- slash teaching them all knife knife combat. work. But yeah. there's a lot of actual beef there, so that sure feels like is. In in a textile factory, I'm assuming he's running the cafeteria. That's, he's got to be. Yeah, that's another thing. So this is not working out for Wesley. He wakes up in like a wax coating in these kind of submerged baths. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the Lazarus Pit? No. No. It's the recovery room. We meet the exterminator, who's mm-hmm. an explosives expert. A Russian. A Russian, right? He's given vodka. Um, he passes out again, wakes up on a bed, meets the gunsmith, the the rapper Common, with the, the very realistic targets. Yes. <laughs> with the dead bodies. Yes. It seemed like it was like... Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Just, it, you know, for them... Literally, it's like a, a, a just another day at the factory, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how mundane it is to them. Mm-hmm. And then we see Morgan Freeman curve the bullet, right? In right, the right. scene, go back to the repairman. He's you know he's getting beat up. So now it kind of starts to go to this like training montage, right? Kind of. But first, feel. we get a nice little shot of uh, Miss Jolie's ass, right? In the recovery buttoned room. with her turning around to be like, no body double here. This that's, is my tush. That's right. Famously, you know, if you look for Angelina Jolie, this is a movie that provides, you know, some of the images that you get online if you look for naked pictures of Angelina Jolie. I mean, not that I've looked for naked pictures of Angelina Jolie. This has gotten awkward. My I've my understanding is people have told me. So Todd, anyways. Todd, back away. Back away. Just back away. Uh, yeah, we get the curving bullet. There's uh-huh. a metro train, right? So back to recovery room. So again, all these things in, in, in close, uh, you know, very quick cuts. I think we're going to hit the Superpod HeroCast trifecta of things that we talk about a lot. Okay. Common's beard changes length throughout this movie. In that first introduction, when he's got the gun to the back of McAvoy's head, Mm -hmm. it's a little longer than my beard is now. Okay. Like, it's probably down to here. The next scene that comes up here when he's talking with Morgan Freeman in his, like, chamber there. Yeah. It's about your length. Really? And I'm like, motherfucker, how does this happen? How so, This is literally... Is there again, not a beard continuity, a continuity expert? From what I understand, on movies like this, when you come in at the beginning of the day and when you leave at the end of the day, they take a picture of you Ooh. so that they have continuity for the next sure. day. How the fuck does that not happen on every movie? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't uh, notice that. But why did anyone you, let, you did, clearly. Why did anyone let uh, Common go to the barber? Right. Like, right. no, Common, you don't get to. We'll have one of our guys do it. So I would say this is kind of a normal training montage, but for there's, it's interrupted by a shot of the man that they're calling Cross, who is mm. the assassin from the drugstore, the guy who killed Mr. X. Baron Von Strucker. Baron Von Strucker. We learned that he's been killing the fraternity's members. He's like fraternity enemy number one. Then back to more training. Training slash McAvoy getting the shit kicked uh, out of him. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, you mentioned when they come into the textile factory, the looms. Mm -hmm. So looms are the process by which fibers, after being transformed into thread, Mm -hmm. are transformed into fabric or textiles, right? And they seem to all come into this one giant room. Right, which, which has these massive looms. So a mechanical loom has a device called a shuttle mm-hmm. that moves back and forth, which is basically taking the thread, you know, and doing the weaving mm-hmm. that was formerly done by hand, right? Right. It goes very, very fast. Very, very fast. Very, very fast. And it's actually pre-workers' compensation days. It's a re- one of the reasons why we have, like, workers' compensation laws, right? Because, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a horrible place to work. Yeah, and ac- that's why we industrial have workers' ac- comp? Industrial accidents were wow. horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. So, yeah. Be- you be- would know. 
Well, it's, it's yeah, it's, a, it's not an exciting day job, but it is a day job. So you just gave me an interesting facts. Yeah, so it's really a system designed to protect like social structure, mm-hmm. right? To make sure that people, if you're hurt at work, you know, have a means to survive. Anyways, this shuttle moves super fast, so it's kind of like the it's kind of like the snatching the fly out of the air with the with the chopsticks from Karate Kid. Except unlike Daniel's son, he does not get it on the first try. That's right, and he could lose a hand. And right, he <laughs> he does it twice, gets hit both times, and then just walks away in frustration. That's yeah. right. Well, I did have a note about Chekhov's rats <laughs> because the exterminator <laughs> talks about people think you use cheese to catch these beauties. But they go apeshit for peanut butter. Your father was a big fan of this. Watch. Plastic explosive on peanut butter. Sorry, Mickey. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey. God Imagine if you had a thousand. Oh. That might come into play. Well, yeah, we might later see that in the movie. later. Absolutely. Wesley continues to get the shit kicked out of him until he says, this seems to be the moment that they're waiting for. You're wasting my fucking time. Why are you here? I don't know, so hit me. Why are you here? I had a shit life, so why wouldn't I? Why are you here? I don't know. Why are you here? I don't know why. Why are you here? Yes, this is where this is like. So he's now where broken. Sloan takes him to the right. Sloan takes him to his father's room, and Sloan encourages him to basically connect with all of his father's things. Right, mm-hmm. like everything in this room was his father's. So we see this, and in, in, in Wesley does he goes from being like the fish out of water mm-hmm. uh, to now all of a sudden starting to connect with these things. The montage continues, and it, this is the point in the training montage where you see him start to improve. So his skills are increasing. He's motivated, driven. He's going to avenge his father's death. He succeeds in grabbing the shuttle out of the loom, and he but keeps sadly, his hand. No one is around. No one around. Because he right? like looks around, like yeah, fuck. Everyone went home. They're on break. <laughs> and then, in a very tense moment, which I would say is the climax of the training sequence, Wesley learns how to curve the shot, but only after Fox puts herself in the way, and it narrowly misses her. It it doesn't touch her hair, but it like wafts her. Yeah, beautiful yeah. visual. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a beautiful movie to like visually. You're not wrong. So now. Sloan welcomes him to the fraternity. Yeah, he's, and he's this passed is where, the test. This is where he explains the loom. The loom of fate. And again, don't put the title at the beginning explain this because this would have been like everything that's happened up to this point, you're kind of on board with sure. not thinking, oh, I mean, the curving the bullet, you can suspend disbelief. If this had come up right now in the movie, I would have been like, oh, this movie just took a really fucked up turn. So you're telling me, you look at the fibers, the imperfections of the right. fibers on a loom, on that on a sheet that a, the loom makes. Piece of fabric, yep. And then that becomes some sort of weird, almost Fibonacci sequence that it's, turns it into it's letters. It's binary, binary code. Is it, oh, is it binary? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I missed yeah. that. He okay. said, if the, if, the mist, if the mist thread is vertical, it's a one. If it's a horizontal, it's a zero. Completely miss it. So yeah, it's not so it's at a all series of zeros. No, no. no, it's not. It's a series of zeros and ones. Oh, it is. So Ooh, that's right. Because at the, at the end, okay. right? He's got he's got basically a scantron sheet mm-hmm. where he's writing, you know, yeah. sixteen, you know, sixteen oh, okay. digits, and then at the end, he's like, 
A. Right. 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 Okay. So, and that writes out the names of people that need to be killed. And who is deciding that these people need to be killed? Fate. Fate. Right. The loom of fate. Right. So, definitely fate has not said, Sloan. Definitely not Sloan. But right, fate has decreed that these people must die to right. to ensure that we have order instead of chaos. Mm-hmm. Right. So they are. So the the fraternity sees themselves as the weapons of fate. I think that's the subtitle for. One of the comic series, I think. Oh, okay. Weapons of Fate. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But again, but there's a point later on. Wesley, uh, when he has his confrontation with Sloan, mm-hmm. says, "You're not a weapon of fate. You're a thug who can curve bullets." Yeah. But why does Wesley uh, have that well, conversation with well, Sloan? We'll get, we'll, well, get we'll get there. All right. So then we get Wesley's first hit. Right. This guy, he's some executive. I don't remember the guy's name. We give the name. We don't know anything about him, what he's done. They're on the L. Right. And they come around to it. Fifth window. Fifth window. The guy leans back, pretty much draws a target on his chest for an assassin. Yep. And Wesley falters. And when I watched this years ago, and this time, I thought he didn't take the shot. Because the next scene we have is him in the recovery baths and Fox's backstory. So I'm like, oh, he didn't do it. And he's like questioning, who is this guy? What did he do wrong? Yeah. And then we get Fox's backstory. About 20 years ago, there was this girl. Her dad was a federal judge. So she probably had it in her mind that she was going to follow in his footsteps. So she's home one Christmas. And her dad's on this big racketeering case. The defendants want to get a softer judge. And they can buy off. So they hire this guy, Max Petrich. Get him to pay her father a visit. And the way he pays people a visit is to break in and tie up their loved ones and force them to watch while he burns his targets alive. And then he takes a wire hanger and twists it round and brands his initials into each one of them so they will never ever forget. After I was recruited into the fraternity, I found out that Max Petrich's name had come up weeks before the federal judge was killed, and that a fraternity member had failed to pull the trigger. We don't know how far the ripples of our decisions go. Kill one, and maybe save a thousand. That's the code of the fraternity. That's what we believe in, and that's why we do it. Fox's backstory really fucked up. Yes. Which let, yeah. let's talk about that for a second. She's telling a story, which we find at the end, of course, is her. Oh, wait, I knew that the whole time. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and as she's walking away, her hair wisps up and you see that she the has brand, yeah. the brand. So it's and it's then her. so uh, she is a devout believer in this code. Hundred percent. Smash cut back to the train. This story must have taken place before they went on the hit. And he curves the bullet to come around and go Wait, back. So, are you saying they he was only ever on the train once? I that's what I I I, I interpreted that that it was the second time. No, second time. Guy still wearing the same shirt. You know that's <clears throat> that's a fair point. She described very specifically where he would be seated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? That's a fair point. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't. Think Did you read it the other way? I read it that oh, it was two different encounters. No, but- I think it's one. I think it's one encounter. Oh, it, but like it's he, made he starts to falter, think, and then he remembers yeah, why, and it makes you think that he's he he screwed up. Okay, now that's pretty good. A question that is a mild spoiler alert for <laughs> the end of the movie. Yeah, we find out later that they're tricking Wesley this whole time. Sure, right? is that story even true? 
Yeah, yes. Do you think that's a moment of her the, it's letting her guard it's down? It's 100% true, which okay. is the reason why she kills all of her comrades, including herself. Gotcha. Because her name came up, and she's got she knows she's got to die. Fate said she's got to die. She's got to die. Massive spoiler for the end of this movie, folks. Yeah, which, Sorry. again, you're not we're, listening we're to We're real this. close to the end. Yeah, but you're not listening to this if you haven't seen the movie. That would be a, if you are, that'd be a bad decision. Be a fool's you errand. Reconsider your life choices. Oh, almost, almost a spit take. So then um, he gets another. Tar- now, of course, Wesley's- this whole time he's wanting cross, cross, but he doesn't. He gets another target. It's a guy in a limo who's listening to the song from Step Brothers. Vol- it, is that Volari? No, it is uh, uh, Andrea Bocelli's "Time to Say Goodbye." Oh. It sounds like you know the one I'm talking about, the end of Step Brothers, which is is never that Volari? Seen, never seen Step Brothers. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> oh what? no! What in the ass? Seriously? <laughs> I I don't care for that kind of movie. I liked it. In- I need to reconsider this podcast. Oh no! I, I liked it in Anchorman. I was oh, fine with it in No uh, uh, Will Talladega Fair- Nights. Wait, it's the but it's the two of them. It's John no, C. Riley. I don't want to Farrell. see it again. No, but it's oh uh, okay. And I know Adam Scott's in it, and we're big Volare. fans of Adam. Yes, Adam are you Scott. talking about Volare? Not Volare. No, I feel like there's a okay. Which is have you ever seen the movie? Uh, we're just going it on yeah, a yeah, wild it. tangent yeah. right now. None of um, which I'm sure we can. Oh no, no. What we was can't it called? These songs, Hollywood yeah. Nights with Robert Townsend. No. no, that's Hollywood Shuffle. What Hollywood Nights with the dude from? Batman. Which Batman, Casey? There's been a couple. Batman I don't know 1989, if you, know that. you fucker. Michael Keaton? Not Michael Keaton. The guy who is the other reporter. Other than Vicky Vale? Yes, the male reporter. Hang on. I there's, got this. There's another reporter other than Vicky Vale in Batman? Robert Wall. Oh, yes. Arliss. Arliss, yeah. Famously movie. played John Belushi in the. Oh, is, this, is that the one the property you're talking about? No. No. Listen, Hollywood yeah. Nights. I fucking got yeah, it. Hollywood right. Nights, yay. And he is doing a talent show and he's singing Volari, but on the breaks, he would go, take the microphone, stick it up his ass, go. Okay. So I feel like it's. Uh, what, <laughs> see, now I got to hang on. So this is so all everyone who's to- seen Step Brothers, the finale where <laughs> they, they, yeah. Where Dylan and Go ahead. what's his name? So Will Ferrell, who is a yeah, yeah, uh, Porti Volare stepbrothers. Hang on, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rock this for a second. Hold on, hold on. I'm also gonna li- let me grab this. Yeah, I'll share with you guys what we're what what I'm inflicting on Casey. Oh no, a few bars coming soft, but to finish strong. Okay, hey Brennan, yeah. thanks for coming up. You got a dragon. For the listener at home, it is the same song. I kind of just want to watch the scene now. No, let's go. But yeah, it's the same okay, song. So go to so, TSPHC Army. I'm gonna li- I'm gonna link out to it because it's so fucking funny. 
So we just went around our ass to get to our elbow to come up with the, the song in this movie. Porti Volare. It's the same fucking song. It's Step Brothers. Easy, guys. Let's not ever do that again. Okay. Uh, he kills this guy, but the guy's in a bulletproof limo. Can't shoot through the windows. The guy really kind of gives him like a fuck you. He does like, this isn't. Does he blow smoke, cigar smoke or something? He it's, does. So, so he realizes that he needs help from Angelina. But he also notices that smoke is coming up out of the sunroof of the limo because there's right. an open sunroof. So. so she takes her Corvette. He takes his Mustang and they start gunning it towards each other. And it's a game of chicken where nobody turns. And at the last second, she slams on the brakes. He revs the engine. So the nose of her car goes, goes down, down and the nose of his car goes up. It flips up over. And as he shoots him, he says, I'm sorry. It's great. It's great. <laughs> and of course, kills the guy. Yeah. So clearly, he has risen to the level of the assassins of the fraternity, right? 100%. Now, Wesley goes back to his apartment to retrieve that gun that he stashed in the toilet. And uh, the whole time he he's kn- in there, Karen is just... Well, he knocks on the door, and who answers? Barry, right? And he's and like, Barry's oh, hey, like, man. Hey, man. Right, again. Well, yeah, it's on? funny. Uh, knocks the fuck out of him. You know, Fox comes in and gives him a kiss as a fuck you to... Oh, it's not Karen. It's Kathy. She's a Kathy. Oh, yeah, does, all, does well, it matter? I got a lot of buzzing to do in this episode. Then, that's right. Till we get to this point, yeah, that's fine. It'll be fun. Wicked passion oh, yeah, kiss. Yeah, yeah. It's, a fuck, it's a fuck you kiss. Uh, so Wesley's outside of his apartment and spots Cross watching right. him from across she, the street. Because she's like, "I'm going to go find us a car." <laughs> right. That's right. Right. I see a switchblade coming. Wesley gives chase to Cross. Yeah. So it's a whole big chase. Ends with in like an abandoned stadium. Like they're on like the concourse of like a stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, or was that a, maybe that was a L station. Was that Heinz Field? Uh, We're in Chicago. Yeah, I don't know. They went no, wait, up the stairs into like an That would have been L- Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went upstairs. It looked like a it, it right looked like some stadium. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, but. Um, the Bears? So there's lots of concrete pilot, right? Pillars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wesley mistakenly shoots the exterminator who's come up behind him. Woof. Yeah, right? And he dead. Well, not yet, but he will be. Oh, yes. The repairman and gunsmith show up. They- and one of them asks, what was he doing here? And it's never answered. What was the exterminator doing there? Yeah, I don't know. What well, were any know. of them doing or- there? Yeah, good question. Cross ends up firing one of the curving shots, mm-hmm. and it, it it hits Wesley in the arm. Uh-huh. And then we see them next in the recovery room. Mm-hmm. They're working on the exterminator, but he doesn't make it. Fucking haunting. Yeah. Angelina Jolie's got all the blood all over her face. Oh, God, that was really intense. Yeah. Really well done. Now, Wesley, of course, has a, a wound in his arm, but that's it, and he's otherwise okay. As they're working on the exterminator, he takes the bullet. I think that that's after that he's later? alone. So You're right. Yeah, so the exterminator dies. He's alone. There's a, there's a blood stain on uh-huh. the concrete next to him, and yeah, at this point, he extracts the bullet from his arm. Now, and, it, and realizes it's two pieces and it's got the corkscrew end to it, too. But it's not as ornate it's as not the ones or, we've seen in the beginning. Yeah, but it's the first traceable bullet mm-hmm. that Cross has used ever. Right. And they think that this is a this is a thread that they can use to find him. And who is introduced 20 minutes before the end of this movie? Fuck Another it. person that will show up in Thor's uh, helmet. Well, has already shown up. Oh, yes, he has. Yeah, right. And show up again. Again? Superman 2. Oh, in 2. Right, yeah. Right, yeah, right. He's like, I thought it as a different character. No, 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 no I thought no, you meant no, as a different no, character. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Peck Warsty 
Peck. Oh, we haven't said who it is. It's Terrence Stamp. Neil, before I saw it. Yeah, Terrence Stamp, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. You probably know him from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, great. Or that little Superman. Right. A cock in a frock on a rock. <laughs> <laughs> now, Fox and Sloan think that this is a trap. So this is a little bit of a jump ahead, right? So the idea that this bullet's traceable. He does some research. Pekwarski is mm-hmm. the only person that designed these. He's living in this monastery in Europe. But, mm-hmm. you know, he is the next clue to figure out where Cross is going to be. Right. Fox and Sloan think that it's a trap. Sloan eventually gives Wesley a piece of cloth with the assignment, and the name on it is Cross. Mm-hmm. So finally, he has the chance to go after his father's killer. Nice little moment with uh, McAvoy and Angelina Jolie where he asks... Have you ever thought about doing things differently? Being, being somebody else? Somebody normal? And she just kind of thinks for a second, goes, yeah. <laughs> like, this is my life. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cross shows up. So they both bolt out. Train they realize station. Right. That they're going different ways. Wesley goes on the train with Cross. Angelina Jolie starts to chase after the Petrosky, train. Right. Finds a car and starts going after them in this little right, the tra- Yeah. So, yeah. F- so Wesley is on the train with Cross mm-hmm. by himself. Right. Pekwarski is back. He, he hid, and he, he, hid. he lets Cross and then, know. Right, and then Fox has grabbed the car, alone, yeah. and now she's doing the driving down the road, trying to catch up with mm-hmm. like a bullet train. And speaking of bullets, every time Cross and yes. Wesley shoot each other, the Whoa. bullets hit. So, yeah, so Wesley's going through the train. The right, We're, Wesley's going through the train mm-hmm. to find Cross to avenge his father's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, finds him, gunshot break, gunfight breaks out, Fucking badass. Fucking phenomenal. Another myth that Mythbusters looked at was the two bullets hitting. Could that happen? Yes. And they said it could. It's plausible. So it's one of those things like- They've done it twice. They did it for this movie, and they also did it for the Civil War. Yeah. 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 So it's plausible. It's plausible. Cool as hell. And again, maybe the the curving of the bullet doesn't is is not- there's even Factual. one of those. He curves it around that woman and, oh, yeah, yeah. and Cross oh, they, still hits it. He still hits it. Jeez. Yeah, the curving, not at all based in fact, but looks no. great in the movie. This, plausible, uh, yeah. and looks just as amazing in the movie. So Angelina Jolie's great way to get onto the train. Oh, it's it's just fucking badass. Ram it into she, ram her she car. Jump, well, she jumps. <laughs> like She jumps the car and lands it in the side of the train. It's, yeah, you think she's going to get it on top, and then, but she just slams you know, it right slot. Into the side. There's no moment in this movie where you look at the special effects and you're like, eh, I don't care. No, it's no, not exciting. This special effects in this movie. They use them the right way. A plus, yeah, 100%. 100%. The train goes through kind of a mountain chasm, right, with the rickety little bridge it's mm-hmm. stringing it. Because the axle from the car was jammed underneath the train, and the train starts to derail. Mm-hmm. Train's dangling over the chasm. And, and this is where David Dunn movie uh, trope that's right. discovers he's unbreakable. That's oh, right. Wait. I'm sorry. That's right. So they start climbing up the, the cars of the train that are mm-hmm. dangling. So we get to a point where the fa- cars are falling. Wesley almost falls. Cross grabs him to save oh. him. Right? So it's the old, my savior has me by one hand. Mm-hmm. And Wesley makes the choice. He looks First he looks down. He realizes where he's at mm-hmm. and then still says, fuck, I'm going to avenge my father. Mm-hmm. Pulls out his own gun and from about a foot away fires his, his, Near point his blank, gun yeah. into right Cross's into his chest. chest. Yeah. The, tr- the, the car falls. Um, Gets wedged, wedged in between yeah, the two really mountains. Cool. Yeah. Uh, probably, I'm guessing, another comic sequence that kind of had Gotta that look. Be. 
So the cars on its side, Cross and Wesley are laying each on a large window, mm-hmm. what would be a you know window of the train car. And Wesley gets up, goes over to Cross, who's dying, mm-hmm. and looks like he's going to kind of do the coup de gras. Mm-hmm. And Cross says, No, I am your father. Let's try that again. Wesley, listen to me. Fuck off. You don't get to talk to me. You don't get to talk to me. Everything they told you was a lie. I'm you blind piece of shit. You shut the fuck up. You're my son. What are you saying to me? So Wesley has this moment of shock where he realizes that Cross is telling the truth. Fox steps out from behind like a cubby. She's like, hello. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wait, where was she during all of this? Uh, And confirms that Cross was Wesley's father. They sent Wesley to kill Cross because Wesley was the only person that Cross would basically not kill to get close close enough enough to him. And then Fox says, you know, not only did Cross's name come up on the loom, but so did Wesley's. Mm -hmm. And she pulls out her gun. And as she pulls it, he shoots the window. They fall into the water. Fucking awesome, right? They make the long fall. We see Cross is clearly dead and his body hits the water as a corpse. Wesley goes in a second later. And then we cut to a wax bath, but not the recovery room. Yeah, well, how do, where did he get the stuff to make the wax bath? Well, I don't know, but interestingly, yeah. the fact that he's fallen from a mountaintop, <laughs> into, yeah. you know, it doesn't look fun. And the fact that he's in a wax bath, clearly he needed a little bit of a TLC. I mean, you're not walking away from that without a little bit of care. Right. I wonder, Casey, if he was in the Syracuse area, where could he go to get some care like that? Where would he go, Todd? You know, I think where he'd be very likely to go. If he's in the Syracuse area uh-huh. and he's smart, he'd go to 315 Chiropractic and Wellness. Hmm. Now, they are a veteran-owned small business. They specialize in chiropractic care, rock taping, personal training, fitness, nutrition, life coaching. Really, for all of the things that Wesley's going to need at this point, yeah. they got him covered. They offer discounts to first responders as well as referral discounts. Mm-hmm. You know, point of order. If you're going to go see them, tell them the Super Pot Hero Cast sent you. Absolutely. Um, you can get a hold of them on Facebook at 315 Chiropractic and Wellness. They've got an email address because everyone writes emails except... Cap. Tony. You can reach them at email 315chiropractic at gmail.com. If you're really old school, you can give them a call at 315-464-0030. Now, if you're looking for chiropractic care, you're going to be talking to Dr. Timothy Whiting. Uh, For all those other things, you're going to be talking to Christina Watson. If I'm Wesley, I'm giving 315 Chiropractic and Wellness a call because I'm going to need that. 100%. So he wakes up in this wax bath, mm-hmm. clearly has not visited 315 Chiropractic and Wellness. Clearly. Uh, but he he seems a little bit better than the last time we saw him. Yeah, yeah. Kind of gets up out of the bath. It's in like an attic apartment, makes and his way down a hallway. James McAvoy is secretly ripped. Yeah. <laughs> when he walked out, I was like, oh, God damn. Yeah, I wonder if he's like, oh, good. I'm doing a superhero movie? Okay, I, I got jo- this. Yeah, I did read the notes that he started working out. Did he really? But like, I was like, good so, job for you. So that's funny. So he clearly does not wait for the production company because he's in first class. Of course, he famously shaved his, shaved head. his head. And they're like, oh, no, you have hair at this point. Which <laughs> yeah. is why he's wearing a wig. And we'll, I will point out every time in that movie that it is very clearly a wig. <laughs> 
Now we see Pekwarski there, right? So Pekwarski yeah. gives him the real story. Uh, so he confirms that Cross, uh, as Fox did, confirms that Cross was his father. Uh-huh. But Cross had stayed close to him the whole time. So then who was Mr. X? Mr. X was, a num- in my opinion, another member of the fraternity that they had sent to kill Cross. Gotcha. Okay. And when Cross killed him, they took the opportunity to... Make it seem like story. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely towards okay. Cross had stayed close to Wesley the whole time. He had pictures of Wesley growing up, even though he left him when Wesley was just a few days old. Mm-hmm. He clearly got, had pictures of him the whole time. He's got a lot of surveillance pictures, but he's got like a class picture of him. I'm like, did the mom send that? Did, I, how did he get that? You know, he, he's a master assassin. He he can he can get <laughs> he's that. He's a shit. master assassin. Yeah. He's not a spy. He says, well, listen, you know. Um, but Cross wanted Wesley to have a normal life, which is why he had left him, right? Given him an opportunity to have a normal life, but again, mm-hmm. it stayed connected. Now, Pekwarski also shares, again, another info dump. Cross found out that Sloan had been cheating the system because mm-hmm. Sloan was the person decoding the messages from the loom of fate. What happened was Sloan's name came up. Fate <gasps> said Sloan should die. What and twist. Sloan, as he de- decodes it with no one around him, says... Well, fuck that shit. Uh, <laughs> Just going to push this we'll over push to the side. Oh, no, it caught on fire. Oh, that's the worst. So Sloan goes from avoiding his own f- death mm-hmm. to realizing that by controlling the messages, he can take control of the fraternity, and they are a super powerful assassination syndicate, right? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. So Cross found this out and confronted Sloan. Sloan declares him fraternity enemy number one, mm-hmm. and which leads us to all this. So it was not Cross's name. It was not Wesley's name. It was Sloan's name that came up, which started this entire conflict. Right. Now, Pekwarski gives Wesley an airline ticket and says, look, your father wanted you to have a normal life. Mm-hmm. Go have a normal life. But Again, we talk about the hero's journey. Wesley has been transformed. He's been to this other world and has been yeah. transformed. He cannot go back to that other life. So he says, fuck that. He finds a hidden room in the apartment. It's full of weapons, explosives, and a shit ton of wristwatches. Huh. And he also finds his father's plan to attack the factory. Mm-hmm. From here, we march directly to he's going for it. Well, first he collects all the rats. He collects all the rats. He buys all the peanut butter, mm-hmm. right? The, Which is the, something that the exterminator had mentioned. People say that you get rats with cheese. That's not true. It's peanut butter. That's true. That's right. Like, Another is that true though? Uh, I use peanut butter when we do when we do put traps. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I've, I've read. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Again, there's another narration voiceover, and again, this is a different Wesley we've heard, right? So not mm-hmm. only has he been changed, but now he's been hardened by the by the hard realities of what he's and sure. he's ready to for the next challenge. Let's run through real quick the end. I mean, it's, it's a great sequence. Oh, it goes quick. It's great. The only thing I have to say before we get to the very end in the library, though, yeah. Did you notice that when he's going through and taking out everyone in the loom area, one of the guns he picks up and he's got it upside down. So that yes. means he's sh- pulling the trigger with, with his, his pinky. pinky. Yeah. How fucking hard is that? It's impossible. It's impossible. Holy it's probably God. something that came from the comic. And again, it's one of those things that it looks, looks great. cool. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Visually, none of it makes and sense. I, 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 yeah. I, this isn't a nitpick. I'm just no. like, that's really cool. This is why this movie's in the helmet, right? Mm-hmm. They, The members of the fraternity have a almost superhuman level of skill as assassins, right? That's right. what puts them there. They're not just highly, they're not commandos. Sure. Right, which would not make it a superhero movie. They are operating at a level above kind of normal humans. And, you know, it, it, it definitely enters that comic book realm, like when he takes out the repairman. Oh, sure. And yeah, then yeah. uses his body as a shield, but sticks 
the gun through the bullet hole in his he, head in his to fire. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. That's it, gross. Absolutely. Yeah, so he so the uh the, the, the rats have you know he's collected a garbage truck full of rats. Mm-hmm. They've ingested this explosive. Uh he backs it up in through the front gate of the factory, mm-hmm. lifts the the dump lever on the the truck, mm-hmm. the rats go pouring out, they swarm the factory, they're all wearing wristwatches, and as it counts down to zero, they explode. So a series a of ton, explosions. Shit ton of people. Yeah. So then he charges through the thing. <laughs> basically, if you didn't have a name, a couple of the guys survived the library, but if you didn't have a name, you're basically dead. You're dead, yeah. Uh, but he goes all the way through the thing. He's killing people it's, left it, and right. It's almost like a video game at this point. He's it, it, taking it, out many bosses. Uh, to these get to guys, the yeah. Well, these guys, these are the mooks. The first mini yeah. boss is the repairman. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he gets so he to kills the repairman, repair then he gets up to the butcher. Great way to kill him, taking his sharpening. Yeah, uh, what's the that steel. Called? Yeah, the thing that you use to, to sharpen a, yeah. a knife. Uh, it gets jammed in his gun barrel and shoots it. It shoots him in the chest and again. Then, and then Wesley not sure kicks that's it what through. actually would happen. No, that would not be good. It would just blow up, would it not? Yeah, I would. That would be my expectation. Yeah, firing a. A firearm with a obstructed barrel is a good way to lose a part of your body. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. For anyone who thought that that looked cool, that don't don't try that. At home. But don't please. Yeah, I wouldn't try any of this at home. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, Wesley makes his way all the way to the library where the you know the knowledge of the fraternity was gathered. And the he knowledge does the old, slash all the people that have, they've killed. Yeah, that's too. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. And then he does the old. <laughs> to summon everyone, right? So you've got Sloan, Fox, Common. And then gunsmith, you mean? I'm sorry, gunsmith. And then it's <laughs> just common. And then you know a handful, half a dozen other guys who are clearly assassins. Joe. Oh, well, did any of them have names? Frank. <laughs> right. Paul. Right. Short Tim. Short Tim. <laughs> Elliot. Pat. Pat. Sure. Pat. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah. All, the, all yeah. the great hits from all the, the movie. Hits. Yeah. So Wesley confronts Sloan mm-hmm. in the midst of remnants of the fraternity. Mm-hmm. My father wasn't a traitor. This is a kill order. It's got Sloan's name on it. What did you say to me? It's a name. It's a, it's a target. I don't want this person dead. Fate does. Fate wanted you dead. And he couldn't take it. So he started manufacturing his own targets for his own gains. And that's when my dad found out and decided to stand against him. And that's when you sent a man's son to kill his father. You're not an assassin of fate, Islam. You're just a thug who can bend bullets. It's almost like Wesley's big dogging Sloan. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you want to see a big dog? Excuse me while I bring out my Doberman. Pulls out a file that he says that everyone in the room's name has come up on the loom. Your name came up. Everyone in this room, if I had not done what I did, you would all be dead. I saved your lives. Now look where we are. We are stronger than ever, changing the course of history as we see it, choosing the targets we select. We can redistribute power where we see fit. The wolves rule, not the sheep. Now, if any of you feel the need to follow the code of the fraternity to the letter, I invite you to take your gun, put it in your mouth, and pull the trigger. That is what Wesley demands. Otherwise, 
shoot this motherfucker and let us take our fraternity of assassins to heights reserved only for the gods of men. You choose. Did that really happen? Yes. Oh, Do you think so? Or is that Sloan just fucking with everybody? And be like, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Is no. that real? They, you think yeah, that's real? Yeah, because they were not doing what fate was telling them to do. They were, they'd gone well, rogue. Oh, no, I understand that. Yeah. But did Sloan, because he know he seems like he's one step ahead, did he know, okay, Wesley's going to oh, come no. and point out that he now has the knowledge that I hid my name? No, you I, don't think I, so? So my interpretation of that mm-hmm. is, so once Sloan goes rogue and he then starts he handing out bad assignments, yeah. right, now he's using them as like a person, like they're mercenaries, right? Like, oh. So if we go with this as an actual fate that's working this, when they're killing people that aren't part of the loom, is fate then making those people the ones that need to die? Yeah, because they're like, you're going off You're going off the, the rails oh, here. Oh, okay. Now, now you're spreading chaos instead of order. Gotcha. So originally it was just Sloan, but as Fox is carrying out these orders, mm-hmm, as Gunsmith, mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, they got to go too." Okay. So, in in like the biggest uh, fuck you, Sloan's like, "Yeah, you know what? I did it. So what? Um, you know, I saved all your lives. I saved all your process. lives. Uh, you know, how about we kill this motherfucker and then we'll go be the biggest baddest dogs on the planet?" And then huh. Sloan leaves. And he's like, "Kill that motherfucker." It's like the Bond death trap. Let me walk away. I don't yeah. need to see the hero die. And then Common says, "Fuck fate," and Angela and Jolie says no turns the gun uh does she curve it she does because it's the library from the league of extraordinary gentlemen right extraordinary gentlemen but it's a circular thing Mm -hmm. and she does the most beautiful perfect perfect circle shot around everyone takes out everyone through the side of the head including herself but it's a and again it sounds odd to say that it's beautiful it's beautifully shot Mm -hmm. the way they do it but we know that she is a devout believer in what they're doing and as the bullet comes around, she doesn't even look at it. She's just like... She's I'm, looking at Wesley the whole time. Slight smile on her face. Like, smile. I'm doing the right thing. And at, right before it hits, she tosses Wesley a gun. And then we see in blurred, you know, not out of, not in focus, but in the background, and blurred in the background, we see her head snap to the side mm-hmm. as she is the final victim of her shot. But then we have an establishing shot of her dead with a bullet wound in the head. I thought that was really interesting they did that because Mm. it seems like in movies when a woman is hurt you don't really see like if a man gets hurt they show that's okay to show show common getting his brains blown out i thought it was like oh good on them to show her with her temple she's in that she's you know you you could make the argument she's the most lethal member of the fraternity oh she is i I definitely think she is so uh, and of course that's how that's how she should die right Mm -hmm. so of course yeah by her own hand yeah so wesley goes running out but of course sloan is long gone long long gone we have another voiceover. It sounds like an existential crisis. He goes to an ATM. He's he's got fifteen bucks in the bank. Oof. He slumps next to the ATM. Seems like things are even is, worse than where they started. He is bloodied and beaten. He does not look good. Yeah, we see a shot. We're back inside Wesley's office. He goes back. The to voiceover his job, yeah. is kind of the opposite of the beginning. We see Sloan walk in and walk up to this dark-haired kid sitting in a cubicle. Mm-hmm. Turns him around, but it's not Wesley. What a twist! This is the motherfucking decoy. Uh-huh. And as Sloan looks down, he sees he's standing on an X of post-it, post-it notes, notes, which I fucking love. He goes, "Oh, oh no!" He he says the fuck. Oh, he, oh, he gets, says, "Oh fuck!" He gets That's it right. in. Yeah, yeah. He says, "Oh fuck!" And uh, gets his brains blown out. And then the bullet again reverses, and you see him doing the same thing his dad was doing, using that big long barrel. And now we see, we hear the self-actualized Wesley. 
as the bullet's going back. This is me taking control. From Sloan. From the fraternity. From Janus. From billing reports. From ergonomic keyboards. From cheating girlfriends and sack of shit best friends. This is me taking back control of my life. The movie is buttoned yes. by Wesley looking directly down the barrel of the camera and saying, What the fuck have you done lately? Yeah. And movie. That's a good fucking movie. That's a good... Fu- you know what? Watching the movie, I had fun. Talking about the movie, I had more fun. That's yeah. the sign of a really good movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what? I always appreciate Colin's perspective on this, mm-hmm. and it's all fair, uh, but the movie as a separate property, the yeah. movie's fun. Much like we're going to have to with a lot of actors that are in Thor's helmet, Kevin and Spacey, <laughs> we're going to have to separate who the person is from sure. what they do in the movie. When we talk about Superman Returns, I'm going to have nice things to say about Kevin Spacey's Absolutely. performance. Kevin Spacey is a monster. Right, right. 100% right. full stop. There's no gray area there. He's a monster. I have a horrible feeling. Is Leonard part six in the helmet? No. Because what did we say? That was like a spy movie? Yeah. Okay, and good. I'll also, Bill Cosby is a horrible right. monster, He's too. a rapist. Yeah, but, okay. But right. we, we have... Yeah, yeah. Sadly, a handful of movies that sure. have that. Well, we've done so, it already. Sean Connery. Yeah. We, we, yeah. And much like that with this, the source material sounds like it's terrible. <laughs> right. Right. For the most part. It but seems the, like they went, well, we'll just take the spy assassin sure. aspect of it and leave the rapist stuff yeah, on the yeah. cutting room floor. But uh, the movie's and I'm good. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. So that's a movie. That is a movie. So, Todd, we got some questions. We, that we do. All right. Uh, Todd, who was your MVP? Uh, you know, I'm giving it to uh, Wesley. I mean, the transformation you need, because the hero's journey is about transformation, Mm -hmm. right? McAvoy, phenomenal actor. Mm -hmm. He's wonderful, and he is every bit as good as he needs to be in this movie. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's McAvoy. No, it's McAvoy. Okay. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Casey, who is your favorite character? It's going to be Chris Pratt. I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) And again, you know, he's not like the, he's not the Cobra Kai bully. Right. It's a weird, it's a weird, I don't know that I've ever seen a, Character like that, so he's fucking his his best friend's girlfriend. But he, but he cares sees about himself it. as Wesley's best friend. Yeah, it's so weird. And Wesley sees him as his best friend. I, that's my answer as well. Yeah, I yeah. want. Yeah, or are okay. we gonna be? So, okay. what's the best scene? Uh, you know, it's a it's a long scene, mm-hmm. but uh, so I'm a fan of training montages. Mm-hmm. What I like the most about this training montage is that we see the progression and we see the moment where. He gets to where they needed him to be. When he says, I don't know who I am. Yep. That's I think that's really well done. Me too. That's wow. exactly Come on. It. <laughs> three for three? Yeah. Oh shit. All right, here okay. we go. Casey, one scene that you would cut. I'd cut the title sequence at the beginning. Mm. Because if it's not there, it's such a great like, whoa, what is this world that Wesley is in right now? Yeah. They're I, okay. going off. So you're a saying literally room. just the title graphic. Just, the, just it the can start with six weeks graphics. ago because okay. Because that's never paid off. Yeah, six weeks ago was never paid off, so it's just a cool little like, wait, what? Um, hmm. So I like that because I see that as a nod to, hey, we came from comics. We remember sure. We came okay, from. that's fair. Um, but a scene that we would cut, I gotta be honest with you. Nothing. Um. Oh. I mean, I guess he goes back to get the gun because that was the gun that was used to to that's kill his father's his gun. Fa- Right, but it was the gun that was used to kill the gun that he thinks was used to kill, kill his father, his but, father it's but it's actually his father's, his father's gun. gun. 
I mean, I don't know that they're well. That's the gun, although that's the gun that he actually kills his father with. No, that's I, mean, I get that. I ooh, a scene that I would cut. I can't nothing. think of one. That's right. And I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. No, no, I understand. Yeah, no, there's there's nothing I'd cut. So Todd, yes, who's the actor having the most fun? I think this role was a very fun departure from the usual either God or the epitome of gravitas <laughs> damn it, yes. that Morgan Freeman Morgan plays. Freeman, yeah. <laughs> he just gets to have fun. He's a he bad does. guy, and he's not like he's not the devil. He's just a bad guy. Or he's not, you know, red. From... Yeah, he's not red, right. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm wow. Morgan Freeman, too. So we're so, almost in sync. Almost. I don't think that's ever happened. That's Definitely funny. not. Not that close. Not that close. All right. So once again, we like to look at Rotten Tomatoes, and as mm-hmm. our good friend Shannon has pointed out, the, the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes is a measure of the percentage of positive reviews. We have chosen to interpret that as a score like you were uh, in school and grading a, a paper. So the Rotten Tomatoes score for Wanted, as we said earlier, is a 71%, which is a C minus, verge of having to repeat the class. So Casey, <laughs> you know, either with a number or a letter grade, you know, I think we're pretty casual here at this point in our second yeah. season. Sorry, Eric. Yeah. How do you how do you grade this? I'm gonna say this is an 80. So that's a B minus. Yeah. It's not great. It's it's not terrible. It's, you know what? It, it is a movie I will revisit at yeah. some point. I'm going to go 85, which okay. puts it in a solid B. Okay. A solid B. What am I putting it at? A, a uh, B minus? 80 is it like a B minus. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay, okay with that. All right. B minus, yeah. Yeah, yeah awesome. Um, all right. Dad's so, breakdown. Nope, this is not for kids. Full you know, stop. We Joe, don't even have to go any you further. You know, the noodle may have watched the last 20 minutes with me, and I didn't kick him out of the room. And That's fine. And again. Viewer discretion. Yeah, you know, you said it. It's not realistic violence. I know there's it's, gunfire and stuff, sure. but it is presented in this almost cartoonish way. It's deliberately not realistic. You need like, to know how your how your kids handle violence. Uh, yeah, this is the a bean? Cu- this is a cusp movie. Nope. Oh yeah, and no. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Simply because we haven't shown her anything like this. Like no, no, no. no, no. We watched a trailer for something. And it had like mild fighting in. She goes, "Am I allowed to watch this?" Like, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're so, fine, honey. Yeah, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Uh, you can't watch Wanted, but you can watch. You this. watch yeah, this trailer. I don't remember what it was. it was. The mildest violence. Yeah, and when she was like, "Am I allowed to watch this?" I, I think this is a cusp movie. We've had some that were slam dunks either way. Yeah, this one you definitely need a little bit of dis- mm-hmm. discernment. I think yeah. with context, kids are kids, kids can get it. Casey, <laughs> it's just saw you look at the helmet like, "Oh shit!" Here Listen, we go. and now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's helmet. There's so many opportunities to pull a, a great movie. A great movie. Like basically anything in the MCU. I love that you're mixing it up. Knowing that it's Iron Man. Listen, okay. how much do you love that movie? It's such it's a, a good movie. movie. Casey, pull Iron Man. Okay, here we go. Okay. All right, so Casey's reaching in. Okay, he has a slip. He has a slip. Please, God, we have a one in six chance. No, oh, please. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Is it MCU? <laughs> no, is it a, no, no, come on. We are going to watch what? <clears throat> Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Motherfucker! Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? How is this not rigged? Damn it! <laughs> of once again, Son all of you a people bitch. wanted this to be. <laughs> well, we're going to have a special guest. We'll have Colin. Because Superman's literally Fuck. in the title. <laughs> this is some fucking bullshit. <laughs> God damn it. Why you look up the Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> Fuck the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie. <laughs> damn it. If we don't pull Iron Man next... Uh, uh, it's all up to you. Batman versus Superman. While you're looking up the Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. this is the ultimate cut. 
Son of a bitch, it's three hours long. So buckle in, folks. Oh, fuck me. Okay. It's a better movie. I've told you this before off mic. You it's have. a better movie because that half an hour takes all the parts of the movie where you go, wait, how did that happen? And puts all the pieces together. So is this the one I bought? Ooh. And if you don't, I do. Ooh. What's the Ron Smith score for this movie there, Todd? You could have pulled Iron Man. I just want to say that again. I, I, listen, Instead, I want to point out, while we're here, when I poured all the names into the helmet, we usually do this afterwards, I saw Burtonverse. I saw MCU. I saw an X-Men universe. Uh, there was something else there. Then you went in with your grubby little paws, <laughs> moved everything around. And that's where we got this. This all falls on you. That feels it's a little, your fault. That feels a little unfair. <laughs> feels a little unfair. <laughs> so the the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie would be 27%. Oh, God, Jesus Christ. <sighs> that's unfair. I, I don't it's even, not a 27%. This is not a perfect movie. This is a good movie. I enjoy this movie. It's not going to get like 100% like Batman Mask of the Phantasm, but this is not a 27%. That's fair. So I, as we've talked about, I didn't love this movie. I thought, I think there's a big flaw in it. That said. What, oh, what could that flaw be? Could it be <laughs> two characters having the same mother's oh, name, and, then, name and suddenly they're best friends? Yeah. Did no, we just I, become best friends? I think we did. I will not defend that at all. It's shitty screenwriting. You know, I gotta be honest with you. I don't, I don't feel the need to watch this trailer. I mean, we'll certainly but, throw it out there, but but okay. let's watch that trailer. Okay. Is it really surprising that the most powerful man in the world should be a figure of controversy? We, as a population on this planet, have been looking for a savior. savior. We're talking about a being whose very existence—they are not telling us the truth—challenges our own sense of priority. In the universe, human beings have a horrible track record of Tragedy. following people of great power. power corrupts, and absolute power, power corrupts absolutely chaos. Maybe he's just a guy trying to do the right no, thing. We know better now, don't we? Devils don't come from hell beneath us. They brought their war here. No, they come from the sky. The world has been so caught up with what he can do that no one has asked what he should do. No, 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 no. That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. So, okay, so that's that's the next that's, movie we're gonna watch. That's how <laughs> I feel like much like you're yelling right now, our friend Dustin is also yelling. Yes, Dustin. I feel like he is go- <sighs> screaming the same things right now because he wants Iron Man. I to be clear, TSPHC Army, I want Iron Man too. No, wait, I want Iron Man also. also? I don't want Iron, Iron Man, Man too. That movie can go straight to hell. But <sighs> I'm okay with watching. <laughs> I'm more okay than you are than watching this. I just, it's just, this is taking a spot that Iron Man could be sitting in. Well, there's always now I feel like this is becoming a thing. Now I'm annoyed that it's becoming a thing. It's totally becoming a thing. This will be 24 episodes if we still haven't gotten to a single MCU. (laughs) Yeah, this proportional voting worked really well. Listen, 
Well, Punisher was prior to that. So we've uh-huh. had two but- chances. To be fair, we have a one in six chance. And so So by this season we'll pull at least one. We better pull a couple. <laughs> yeah. Fucker. All right. All right. Okay. So, so Todd, heck, where can yeah. people find you? Yeah. Uh-huh. On the social medias should you wish to be found. So when I'm in a happier mood, I write about a variety <laughs> of topics geeky and not at my own website, which is tmpinsyr.com. Also on Twitter and Instagram with the handle TMP in SYR. I would point out that for all things SuperPod HeroCast related, you should absolutely check out our website, TSPHC.com. And you know, I feel like we need to start putting that at the front of the episode because I feel like if you're listening to this and you're someplace with a computer, go to the website because you're going to hear us talk about shit and you're going to see a, a link to a video clip. You're going to see an image that we reference. Well, by now, people know that. We're just kind of putting it at the yeah, end. Yeah, I'm, not seeing, I'm not seeing the hits there that I would expect. So I feel like a lot yeah. of people are missing on this. So go check out TSPHC.com. We put up a companion post for every episode. Mm-hmm. So all the shit we're referencing, the beer we're drinking, stuff we give shout outs to, it's there. Go check it out. It's a great companion to the pod. And a little peek behind the curtain. Todd puts that all together for you guys. So come on. Labor love, absolutely. <laughs> uh, for for broader stuff, head over to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash superpodherocast. Always get links to the content there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's more you know, general geekiness happening there. Casey, where can you be found on the interwebs if you wish to be found? Twitter, I am available at notryancasey. Instagram, not.ryancasey. Excellent. You can also, did you say our Gmail? Nope. Okay. You can also contact us via email at superpodherocast at gmail.com because... Only cap writes letters. Tony. <laughs> All right. So that's that's an episode. That is an episode. Oh, guys, you know, buckle in for the hopes. next one. Yeah. It's, we're going to have some thoughts and feelings. Let's see what happens uh, <laughs> when we put that to the test with our next episode. All right. So that'll do it for the Superpod Herocast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic, And I've been your moderator, Bob Brown. Be heroic. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And we watched Wanted. Nope. <laughs> I forgot what And we, we just watched. watched. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that we're both supposed to say and we just watched. So. Oh my God. Okay. I looked yeah. right at you like, is it usually, come to me? usually I do that. No. Nope. Yeah, okay. That's usually, okay. that's uh, usually my forgetfulness. I mean, it's not like all it's go long. into the outtakes. <laughs> I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And we, and we watched... just watched. Motherfucker. <laughs> it's line, right here. The line says just. We just it watched. It sure does. <laughs> That's totally my fault. It doesn't say, it clearly does not say Afghanistan. <laughs> All right, let's just go from when we just okay. watched. Uh, scary characters that kind of surround him. Megan Fox reappears. Megan uh, Fox? I'm sorry. Uh, we... Fox. Uh, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Her character's name. God. So you know what it was? Oh, God. Her character is... Yeah, no, God, not her. I'm not, so glad it wasn't Megan not Fox. Her, no, no. Angelina Jolie is... All right, so theme I, I noticed throughout this movie. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. There you go. Oh, I did it. All these people in this room want to kill you. <laughs> right, God you says... Probably wanna, you probably don't want to point the gun at them. You want to point it at me. That's better. So I feel like that's but a why, Whoa, why does he have comics. a comfort... Motherfucker. We're in the... Yeah. Wow, that was... Train real. sign. Holy shit. Hang on. Gonna be one more. Oh, that one was far enough away. Yeah, they're, uh, they're going... He's starting to piss me off, you bigly son of a bitch. <laughs> Sometimes I really like it when Chuck brings the uninformed... <laughs>
doing the, the Chuck voice. And then an alien, you know, like. Dude, First so, of all, spot on Chuck. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Honey, I love you so much. Thank you. That was very considerate of it was you. Very you fr- Aubrey froze. She's like, oh, God, it's not Man of Steel she, again, is it? She froze like she was wearing, she, she forgot to take her tap shoes off and she was crossing behind the, the scrim. How many times have we told you, don't wear tap shoes in the house? <laughs> Soft shoe only. Really Soft. Um, Shuffle off to Buffalo. We'll just, we we are really rusty. Wow, yeah. it's almost like it's been it's, a while. It's okay. almost, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, hey, hey. Easy there, Red. Higher a beef. Higher a p. A b v. No, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Not Alien versus Predator. <laughs> on it. On the was to St. Petersburg. Oh. I read it exactly how he did. I'll fix it right yeah. now. I'm just a dude playing a dude. Um, does he blow smo- cigar smoke or something? He it's- does, and then he's like, I'm the greatest. People try and kill me every <laughs> oh. day. Oh. Now look. Listen, now Secret top? Service, don't come talk to us. Now that was uh So Case... Yep. Actually, I have the most fun. Did it- yeah, is it me? Oh, yeah. No, wait. No, it's you. No, because I, I asked said, you. I said, Casey, what's one scene you would cut? You so did. You had- okay. Yeah. So, uh, so actor, yes. what's the Todd having the most fun? I'm just going to complete that whole thought. Uh, I would point out that for all things Superpod Hero Cast related. Oh, come on. Son of a. You know, now. Oh. So, Todd. Yes. What's. Who. 